Welcome to CII Radio. I'm Emran Hughes, Communications Director of the Chartered Insurance Institute. In this episode, I'll be talking to Vitality's Andy McGill and Legal and General's Richard Cately. In this episode of the podcast, we're talking about health and well-being during the coronavirus outbreak. I'm joined by Andy McGill, head coach at Vitality, and Richard Cately, head of intermediary development at Legal and General. To find out more about this podcast and for useful links, go to thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Here's our conversation with Andy and Richard. Hello, Andy and Richard. Thank you for joining us on CII Radio. Hello, good morning. My pleasure. So, Andy, the coronavirus outbreak has been an unprecedented time for everyone. What challenges has the outbreak created for employers and individuals in maintaining their well-being? Absolutely, Emma, and it, it certainly has been a quite a, a unique sort of few months. Um, in terms of looking after health and well-being, it really has was never been so so important, and it's also certainly brought in a unique set of uh, challenging circumstances. So many people have obviously found themselves uh, working with working from home, trying to balance work commitments as well as childcare. Whilst on the other side of that, we, you know, we've obviously have many individuals who might be working from home solo, uh, and therefore their social interactions on the day to day have dramatically reduced. In addition to that, so as we've all sort of faced the, uh, and we've even just chatted about this at the beginning of a recording, we've all set up makeshift workspaces, haven't we? In be it our sort of our kitchens, our bedrooms, or even our children's nurseries. So, so there's been lots of challenges with that. And again, with a lot of these changes and challenges, that'll obviously have an impact on our ability to maintain our physical, mental, sort of nutritional health as well. As well as that, I suppose gyms and gyms and have closed, and that's obviously meaning that people aren't able to be in their normal routines. So again, sort of in terms of obviously even at the beginning of lockdown, our ability to get out and about was even reduced. So we had to find ways to stay active but remaining within the, the, the four walls of home. So this was a bit of a perfect storm of lots of challenging circumstances, which meant that obviously um, we certainly as a business were, were had, had genuine concerns around sort of members' health and well-being. So in response to that, we launched Vitality at Home, which is essentially a package of support, meaning that our members were able to access things at home that meant that they could actually remain active and could maintain sort of good mental health habits as well as good nutritional habits. A key factor and I suppose a key focus for us within that has definitely been sort of musculoskeletal health, which whenever I was in my own role as a vitality coach, we speak to businesses on a day-to-day basis. Musculoskeletal health is a, is a key concern. So that's very much in terms of obviously, whenever we are working at our makeshift um, offices, our posture probably isn't going to be as ideal because we're not using, I suppose, the most ergonomically well-designed uh, furniture. So that's where sort of vitality at home has been really important. And that's our, our daily promotion on a day-to-day basis is very much just promoting those things that individuals can do on a day-to-day basis to stay active and making sure that they're actually proactively looking after their health. So from a from an, uh, I suppose, on the flip side of that, from an employer's perspective, I suppose a key thing is that businesses have had to adapt because they don't have employees in front of them on a day-to-day basis. So employers themselves have had to then really, really review sort of how they communicate with employees and reach out in lots of new and inventive ways. And we've seen many examples of this, which has been fantastic. From an individual's perspective, certainly lots of challenges, but there are or there are things that that we can do. 
And then in addition to that, sort of employers have definitely had to adapt their, their approach. Andy, I'm glad you can't see how I'm sitting right now. I've got a terrible that I'm letting the side down. <laughs> <laughs> I know as soon as, soon as I ta- start talking about posture everyone myself included you know you start shifting shifting around exactly yeah so but uh, again that's sort of definitely something that we've been really promoting heavily is the fact that despite our chat the challenges I suppose that I've referred to there is lots that we can be doing on a day-to-day basis and I suppose it's a bit like anything if you've got a plan if you understand what are the one or two things that you can do in a day-to-day basis even from a mental health perspective it is still possible to take control and we don't have to be a victim of you know sort of the the circumstances that we find ourselves in so very much this is where even such things such as mindfulness can come in and taking sort of a proactive look at what you're doing on a day-to-day basis and then just addressing those one or two things which overall and I suppose we've been in lockdown for quite a while now will have an impact in a positive way um, overall. And Richard, I mean, obviously, with that increased pressure, I imagine there's been a change in the kind of claims that you've been receiving over the last few months. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, there has, and quite a worrying one, really. Uh, to be fair, we took out some figures back in um, April and showed that our critical illness claims, particularly, um, have fallen by around 40% over the period. Now, usually in a month, we have um, over 300 critical illness claims, and it sort of ties in with some work done by the Health Foundation who found that GP um, appointments had fallen by 30% um, because people are just scared to go out. And the NHS have been calling out for people to, if they experience symptoms of critical illnesses, et cetera, to make sure that they go and visit their GP because GP services are still there. They're still looking after clients. And the trouble is, if you leave a cancer condition untreated or unlooked at, then your chances of survival go down. So actually, this is causing quite a bit of a concern now, I said in April, we saw a 40% drop. In May, that went up to a 64% drop in um, kit claims. Now, a lot of people think, well, insurance companies, they'll be happy with that. They don't have to pay out. But actually, that's not the case. Insurance companies, we, we sell these policies because we want to pay out on them. Um, last year, LNG itself paid out 3,351 cases on critical illness. And the top claim there, 66% of them were cancer. So you know, if people aren't going to the doctors to um, get diagnoses, then they're not going to be able to make claims on their policies. Um, so it's a, it's a real concern for us. I mean, they will catch up, obviously. So once the COVID situation relaxes a little bit and people are a little bit more confident, they will go and see their doctors. But our concern um, is not, you know, this will go now, sh- we'll see an increase in, in claims coming through, which is what we're there for. But our concern is that if clients aren't going to see their doctors, then the conditions are going to worsen. And by the time they do see it, the condition's gone down the, the track a little way and survival rates may fall. So for us, yes, it's, it, it's not a great situation. We, we're back in the NHS's call for people to go and see their doctors if they have anything wrong with them. And a lot of the GP services now, doctor surgeries, have um, an online version as well. So there's no reason why you can't just go on to the, the virtual doctor services if you're scared about going to the doctors. But yeah, it, it is a concern for us. And um, we just hope, you know, if, if you're a financial advisor, you're talking to your clients and they got any concerns, just make sure they, they go and see their doctor because it is, it is a major worry for us. Mm. Richard, I mean, clearly um, problems storing up and Andy touched on the start how people could um, should be adapting, but that people aren't even maintaining the kind of level of care for their health, perhaps because of concerns of catching COVID-19 at this point. I mean, Andy, what more can insurance professionals, financial advisors and their clients be doing right now to maintain their well-being during this stressful time? 
Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a really really interesting perspective that yeah that was that Richard touched on there is the fact that I suppose yeah we're very much preventing um, and taking many many measures to ensure that we're preventing sort of obviously contracting sort of COVID nineteen which is really good but and on the flip side of that there's lots and lots that we can and should be doing to to obviously impact our health both in a short and long term sort of plan so. This kind of refers back to, I suppose, I'd like to bring in sort of vitality shared value model because that's very much why we promote our members and society in general to stay to take action today because this is going to obviously positively impact your immediate health, but also your long-term health, which benefits us as an insurance provider because then we can sort of obviously help you with that, but then also sort of reinvest any any savings made in terms of then sort of enhancing our products, which then obviously continues to improve health for the individual, but society as a whole. What can we do on a day-to-day basis? Well, I suppose over the over the past couple of months, we've definitely seen with obviously as I referred to previously, we launched Vitality at Home. We've seen a lot of uptake in uh, the use of apps. So again, I, even thinking about it personally, previously I wouldn't have thought of you know sort of following along with a workout with a virtual coach, but we've seen massive uptake with apps such as Genesis as well as Peloton, which have been our online interactive um, apps. Which again, you can complete a workout um, at home. And then now, obviously, whenever, um, obviously, the restrictions aren't as, um, are, we've got a little bit more freedoms. What we're now tending to find as well is that our members are starting to, and as well as using the apps, are now starting to get outside, which is great. So we're starting to see a return of, you know, sort of like jogging and cycling activities, which is fantastic as well. So I think bringing those things in from a physical activity perspective is really, really important. And that's sometimes the first step. What else can we do? So on top of that, then, I suppose, even with the World Health Organization has acknowledged that mental health is obviously um, perhaps of greater concern at this stage. And this is where things such as I suppose, mindfulness is um, always proposed as a potential option. My mindfulness is simply, you know, it's not anything complicated. It's simply just the absence of lots and lots of noise and distractions. So mindfulness could be such as, you know, as simple as going for that walk, but leaving your phone at home and just enjoying the time, be it on your own or with family, whatever it might be. In addition to that, there's also, again, lots of remote support that you can get with that. So for example, um, with Vitality, our members have got access to apps such as Headspace, Spotify, Cam, and the mindfulness app as well. And those are little things that can give you the tools and the techniques to actually then start to get on top and proactively manage your your, your health and in particular your mental health as well. And then I suppose a, a third key pillar really is, as I said, I've talked about physical activity, being mindful, and then it's around nutrition as well. And this was one of the things and one of the ways we did support members and have been supporting members over the past few months is with our sort of campaigns on Instagram where we've, I suppose, supported members in three key ways with fitness tips and recipes as well as, as family fun. And again, thinking about your nutrition, we've been seeing a big increase and obviously probably we've seen lots of changes with them. Um, Obviously, our our shop, our visits to the shop are restricted. So that's forced us and that's actually helped us to maybe plan for the week ahead. And we're finding that a lot of our members are planning meals for the week ahead, eating with family, eating more nutritious meals as well. So a combination of all of those things um, will have an impact. And I think very much, I suppose, we like to practice what we preach. So for our advisors, as well as for us as us as sort of Vitality employees ourselves, we very much live and breathe this. And then I think that's how we then inspire, be it our clients, be it our members, those around us, even our family members as well. Because if we can take control, then ultimately that has a benefit for ourselves, but also those around us too. I think great points there, Andy, that kind of, you know, that you can't think of these things as separate. They all kind of need to be joined together. Absolutely. Yeah. Richard, what do you think are the implications 
from what's happened now um, for the consumers and long-term insurance professionals? Well, I think for me, I mean, on the exercise thing, totally agree there. I mean, I, I've, I've never cycled so much in my life. But, um, <laughs> uh, my wife and I now make um, a menu every Sunday night for the week ahead. So actually, it's been really, really nice that way. So um, I've actually got fitter. I don't have to drive so much, which is great. And I, and I think one thing this pandem- uh, pandemic has given us is a bit of time to, I guess, well, especially for me, have, have three things have come clear. I've I realized that um, I miss my uh, my family, friends, and even my work colleagues, uh, although I wouldn't have said that beforehand. It's given me more time to evaluate my life, my work finances, and my family securities. And also, it's, it's made us perhaps realize that we're not all immortal. And I think if one thing has come out of COVID-19 is that people's awareness of their own fragility, I guess, um, one of the biggest problems we have with when we're talking, when financial advisors are talking to clients is, you know, it's not going to happen to me, it's going to happen to somebody else. Um, and, and there was a great line I had from an advisor the other day when uh, they said, well, if somebody says that to me, yeah, it's going to happen to somebody else. And she says to the person, well, who are you to me? And they look a bit puzzled and I say, well, I'm somebody else. And she says, exactly, it's going to happen to somebody else. Um, so I think it's made us realize, and we're finding that People are beginning to think we've had the backing of the government with furloughing um, and, and supporting their income. But actually, it's known that only one in 10 people in the UK have any form of income protection. So we're hoping that this is going to raise people's awareness to actually thinking about their own financial security and actually raise that awareness. So when advisors go and start talking to clients um, and talk about you know, insuring your income, they might actually think, actually, that, that that's a good point. I remember what happened. So actually going through this session, although it's not been fantastic, hopefully for awareness point of view, it's going to be fantastic. We're just doing some new research um, and we ask people again, what is their biggest asset? And only 10% of people say themselves. Most people say their house, their car, their pension, but actually it's you, your ability to earn an income. And if you can't do that, then you're not going to be able to pay for the car and the pension and and, uh, all the other bits that go with it. Um, And so if this can give us anything, it can help us that conversation with clients to make sure they have a plan B and, you know, they are in a better position if something was to happen to them personally. So for me, it's about all about awareness and trying to use this as a positive as opposed to um, a negative and, and also get fit. Um, Andy, have you been on your bicycle and what do you think are the long-term implications for the insurance profession? Oh, actually, just interesting, Richard. I'm actually more of a more of a runner. I, I, I can't, I can't, I've tried cycling <laughs> a lot and a lot, but I just don't have the legs for it. So um, yeah, I'm far more comfortable uh, on the running on the road or alternatively, whenever the pools open up, I'll be, I'll be back in the swimming pool but I think if anything this is obviously it has been a period whereby there's been less busyness in our lives and I think that has allowed many people to reflect on actually what is important and certainly from our own perspective I think what is our greatest asset it's it's our health and we're really actively I suppose helping our members to understand that as always with any population with any group of individuals you will have a certain percentage maybe this ties in with richard's um, stats with regards to maybe it is you know roughly that 10% who who are proactive in looking after their health and who are sort of actively invested in that but it is essentially such an important thing for us all because if you are not healthy then obviously then you can't be there to to help and to serve those around you so so very much that's what we're we're hoping to do and a key thing that we're focusing on at the moment is obviously we made a lot of changes to our product offering in response to COVID-19. But now we're starting to look beyond that and we are starting to look to see, okay, what does the next six months to a year, even two years look like? Because obviously um, our habits are going to change. So in terms of, because I, I live on sort of in, in, in Southeast London, 
you know, my, my, even myself personally and how our business works is going to change. Will we be in the office five days a week or will there be more time spent working from home? So even on a personal as well as professional basis, I think a lot of our habits are going to change and business is going to change. So as a result, we're being really careful in terms of making sure that the products that we're offering and how we're, I suppose, in short, helping members stay healthy and be proactive with their health. We need to make sure that we're getting that right. So far, so good. Um, however, it will require, again, in response to the ever-changing scenario, constant reflection, constant review, um, in response to to sort of how our members and the population as a whole are, again, taking that time to hopefully look after their health. Thank you, Richard and Andy. I think everyone seems in agreement that what this outbreak has really made people focus on is how health, well-being and financial resilience are all very closely linked. And great to hear some of the work that Vitality people in general are doing to um, make clear how it all pulls together. Um, Thank you for joining us for this episode of CII Radio. To find out more, you can visit thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts or find us on Twitter at CII Group. Until next time, thank you for listening to CII Radio and stay safe.